we're going to do a heart exam this morning. Okay? Don't worry. No stethoscopes, no white jackets, and I'm not collecting copays. Right? Um, I'm, not, I'm, I'm not qualified to do that, but what I am qualified to do is to talk to you from experience. Because I can tell you that we not only have heart conditions, but we also have heart problems. We have problems that we deal with. And how we walk in here and where we sit and how we take that seat in the morning affects how we hear the word. And not only how we hear the word, but how we digest the word. How we take that word in. How we deal with that in our lives. How we take something that's in the owner's manual right? And how we take that and put it into our life so that we can be better. Because otherwise, that's all we're doing is we are warming a seat. And let's face it, I'm not here to warm a seat on a Sunday morning, right? So let's make sure that when we're sitting here, we're right. And Jesus tells us about this. He talks about this very thing. He talks about our heart conditions. So we're going to go ahead and we're going to talk about that this morning. But why? Why is the heart condition so important? And we all know the answer to that, but let's go back to the owner's manual, right? In Proverbs 4.23, it says, guard your heart above all else, for it determines the course of your life. It doesn't, it, it, it's not lukewarm. It doesn't say that it may affect the course of your life. It says that it will determine the course of your life. And what we let into our hearts and how we deal with that determines the course of our lives, and we know that. The world tells us that, right? So, so when someone, let's think about this, right? It, when someone is truly hurt by something that someone else says, we say they what? Took it to heart. They took it to heart. When, when someone changes the way they feel about something, we say they had a change of heart, right? How about that time that, you know, in, in high school or whenever that you had your heart broken, right? It hurt deep. We know that that's not surface level. And when we really, really want to emphasize something that we mean, we say that, you know, I mean it from the bottom of my heart. So even the world tells us that we know that the heart is deeper. The heart goes in somewhere, touches us somewhere on the inside. It's not just surface level. And we use that to express that every day of our lives, right? To use another common saying, we put our heart into it, right? It's, it's not just surface level. It's all about the heart. And in the parable of the sower, Jesus does not disappoint. He brings the same thing. So if you'll turn with me to Matthew 13, we're going to look at verses 3 through 8. A farmer went out to sow his seed, and he scattered the seed. Some fell along the path, and the birds came and ate it up. Some fell on rocky places where it didn't have much soil, and it sprang up quickly because the soil there was shallow. But when the sun came up and the plants were scorched, they withered because it had no root. Other seed fell among the thorns, which grew up. And choked the plants. Still other seed fell on good soil where it produced crop. A hundred, sixty, or thirty times what was sown. Right, so we're looking at four different conditions of the heart right there. 
And to put this parable into context, nowadays farmers, they go through a lot of great pains to condition the fields, right? To get the soil ready, to get the most that they can out of a field, right? They work hard. To, to reap what they, can, what they sowed. And the sower in Jesus' time was no different. The goal was to have good, deep, fertile soil that would accept the seed so that they could reap a plentiful harvest. But the soil isn't always deep, and the harvest isn't always plentiful. Different soils exist. And kind of like the background on my slides here, um, we, want, we want good straight rows in our life, right? But that's not reality. Reality, we live a little bit closer to the turn row, right? Reality, we deal with hard soil. We deal with compacted soil. We deal with all of these things in our lives because of what's going on in our life, right? We want to live on that straight and narrow, and we want to do the right thing, but that's not the day-to-day -day walk because it doesn't work out. So let's delve into that a little bit more. Let's delve into that parable, and let's, let's kind of extract what we can from it. I want to spend some time on it, and we're going to use the reflection of this parable to examine our own hearts. In this parable, Jesus gives us four examples of different types of hearts. We have the hard heart. This parable is called the path. These hearts are like the soil that's been stressed and worn down. It's been hurt. Things have happened to this heart. It's been scarred by the situations that it's been through. Right? And they, they've put up a barrier to not let anything in. Nothing in to the heart. And see, I thought that we stopped there, right? When I, when I looked at it, that's kind of surface level. And, and, and I wrestled with this, and I, I, I'm not going to lie, God came... Gave me a much more on this one than I expected. Because, see, I, I've also heard that, you know, these hearts, you, you can't really touch them. And God's like, but it doesn't stop there. It doesn't stop where you, you're, you're not just accepting it because of what you've been through. How about if you're sitting in the pew and I've heard that before. I've heard that sermon before. I've heard that sermon five different times. So you turn it off, right? You kind of turn it off. That word can't bring anything new to me, okay? The problem is, is yeah, you've heard that sermon, but you haven't heard that sermon. The you that is going through the fight of today has not heard that sermon. The you that went through the isolation that was COVID has not heard that sermon. The you that is sitting in the grocery store and struggling and making hard decisions as to what you're going to buy and what you're not going to buy because of how expensive stuff is today hasn't heard that sermon. See, God's word is consistent. God's word is unchanging. What changes is the path that we are on. We talk about those straight and narrow roads, and that's how we want to imagine our life. But the fact is, is that our life is not straight and narrow. We get hit. We get beat up. We have the world hits us at different places. And how that sermon or how that word reaches us is completely different because of where we are, not because of how the word is. It touches us, it reaches us, it affects us 
different every time. And if you're sitting there with a hard heart, you're missing the message. You're sitting there and you're not realizing the wealth of information. Because God is unchanging. He's all loving. He is always there for us. And all scripture is God breathed. It's all God inspired. So how it affects us, we're the only thing that changes. So how it affects us yesterday, it's not going to be the same way that it affects us today. So you can't sit here and say, I've heard that already and tune out. Because it's affecting you different today. The seeds of the word put out to us all the time. Pastor Jamie has been going through a, a series with us called The Good Life. And it was. It was a, it was a great series. It, it talked about how we should live our life until the return of Jesus, right? And how we can take the word and how it can be fruitful in our life. The problem is, is that if you're just sitting here and you're just listening to the words and you're not digesting the words, then that's all it is, is just words. Because see, at the end of the day, God doesn't have a speaking problem. We have a listening problem, okay? How are we taking that word? How are we taking that word and not just letting it affect us while we're here, but how are we taking it away, okay? Sure, the hard heart has the same potential hidden beneath its hard layer of protection. But the word doesn't even have a chance to penetrate that hard exterior. So it's plucked away by the ravages of the world and the enemy before it can make a change in a person's heart. doesn't even have a chance. You know, we use phrases like, went off on like water off of a duck's back. Right? That doesn't affect a person. Right? That person doesn't let anything in. The problem is, is while you're spending all of your time not letting anything in, you're not letting God in. Something needs to touch you. Something needs to affect you. You know, and, and we, we're given the manual. We're, we're given the manual of how to live our life, but we settle for a cheap substitute out there because that same person that sits here with that hard heart is going to be affected by the world out there because they're not filling their heart here it's going to get filled somewhere, right? When, when I was dealing with emergency management, I was doing those kinds of things. The biggest thing that they taught us about is, is talking to the public. It's talking to people because when lack of information, information will be provided. Always. Always. So that's where we end up with people aren't going to the manual, so then they're filling in the gaps on their own. They're going to worldly sources. They're going to those types of things because those people that have the hard heart, you think you have a hard heart, but the problem is is that it's getting filled with something, and you're not being a good gatekeeper. You're not monitoring what's, what's, effect, what's coming into your heart, so you're just letting anything into your heart. All right, the rocky heart. The shallow soil. From the surface, the soil looks to be healthy. It's rich. It has potential. Sits here on Sunday morning and it says, I'm going to sign up for that life group. That's what I'm going to do. Today's the day that I change. 
Today's the day that I, oh, pastor, that was a good sermon. With a weak handshake and a pat on the back. That was a good sermon, right? Wouldn't it be better if it was, hey, pastor, this is how this sermon affected my life. Hey, pastor, this is how I digested the word and this is what it spoke to me. Hey, pastor, I was doing this, but now I'm doing this. I have repented from what I was doing because of something that you said. See, the shallow heart has that emotional response. The shallow heart will sit here and it sits there and that's it. There's no meat and potatoes to it. It's all smoke and mirrors. The second that they step out that door, the world rips it away from them. Right? The problems of the world, the sunshine out there just tears it up. And because it had no roots, because we're not cultivating that soil, it sits there and it withers up and it goes away. Because we're not digesting it. We're not working on our hearts. We're not worried about that deep soil. All that we're worried about is, well, it looked good on Sunday morning, right? And I know that I'm getting in some people's business, and I know I am, and I'm not trying to, but I am trying to change a heart, right? And sometimes that's painful. Sometimes that's ugly. Sometimes it takes some conviction, right? Because that's what it takes to change your heart, Because I can put on whatever clothes I want to put on, but unless I change the heart, when I take those clothes off, I'm the same nasty, dirty, sinful person that I tried to show the world that I wasn't. Because I can clean up good. I can. But has my heart changed? It's better that you come in here with all, everything on your sleeve, laying it out, this is what it is. But boy, my heart is changing. Boy, in the core of me, it's working. Right? It can't be that rocky, shallow soil. See, the seed from the word is spread in this heart and it begins to go grow. But unfortunately, the change is only on the surface. It's an emotional response. It's a fleeting feeling. So the sway of the world comes by and tears away the newly found growth because it hasn't developed roots or a foundation, so it can't hold on. It can't carry it through the troubles. That's your mountaintop, people, right? When I'm on the mountaintop, whoo, I'm raising hands. It's good. But when I'm in the valley, when I'm in the valley, I'm by myself because I haven't cultivated that soil to hold on to the word. So the second that trouble comes around, they're hurt. They don't know where to turn. Busy heart. I'm going to preach to myself on this one. Right? I'm laying it on the table. The best sermons are the ones you tell yourself, right? So I'm going to preach to myself about a busy heart because a busy heart is the one that I struggle with. A busy heart is the one that robs me because I'm going to tell you, let me set a stage for you, right? Let's do this, okay? It's Sunday morning, and I love my old hymns. Oh, I love my old hymns, how great thou art. Up my spine, you hear me? My soul is rejoicing, and I turn that on in the morning, and I'm cooking. 
right? It is, it is going good in the morning. I am getting ready for Sunday morning. You hear me? I am in the word from the second that my eyes open up on Sunday morning because I have been looking forward to this all week. I have been beat up by the world. I know how tough it is out there. Every step I've taken this week has been something in my face. I'm coming in battered and bruised and hurt. I am, and I'm looking forward to Sunday. And when I first wrote it down, I could show you my notes. I said it was robbed from me. And it's a lie. I gave it away. Because the second my phone rings and something is going on, or the second the kids get in a fight in the back seat, right? The second we go to leave for church and the goats are out, right? Because I don't know if y'all know about raising goats. Pastor will talk about raising cows and raising pigs. Raising goats will be a test to your religion. Right? So I am here to tell you the second I'm leaving and what is that that I saw out the corner of my eye? And it's a goat out the pen and my whole Sunday is shot. Right? Am I right? Something robs Somebody cuts you off in traffic coming to church. Whoo! Right? The world wants to take over. Right? I've heard it said that I am saved, but my car is not. Right? Um, and, and, that's, and that's the case. That's the, it, it holds true. Because and, and it didn't get robbed from you. It didn't. You gave it away. Right? You had it. It was there. And you gave it away willingly. And that's the busy heart. The soil is full of weeds or thorns. Right? The word is tossed there and it grows. But it's competing with too many other things. Too many things pulling at it. It's distracted. So it grows and then it's choked out. Right? What happens? I mean... A lot of us raise gardens. If you don't tend your garden, right, it gets choked out by the grass, right? If you don't tend your heart, the seed doesn't stand a chance because everything else will pull away from you. And that is the busy heart. And y'all might ride me out on a rail this morning. How about this time of year? Because that's what started me on this whole thing with the sermon for today. How many of y'all hit January and say, Oh, I'm so glad Christmas is one time a year because I'm exhausted. I can't take another Christmas right now. Because I have spent all of my energy worried about, do I have the right decorations up? Do I have the right Christmas tree up? Does little Timmy have the right toy? Is there a new video game that I'm supposed to be getting for Christmas this year? And that's what I'm struggling with. And we're robbed. We're robbed of the joy of the season. We're robbed by a God who loved us so much that he gave his only son. We're robbed of what the Christmas season is truly supposed to be about because we're so worried about what the commercial season is supposed to be about. 
So we sit there and we struggle. And at the end of it, we end up with credit card debt that we can't afford. We're exhausted, right? And it's like, what happened to Christmas? When all that we should really be focused on is what? The coming of our Savior, right? How amazing is that? And we lose sight of the one true gift that is the gift. That is the reason for the season. And then we make us feel good because we say, tis the reason for the season. Right? But is that in your heart or is that another platitude that you're sitting there telling the person next to you so they don't judge you for the way that you're doing things? Is it really in your heart? That's the question, and I can't answer that for you. I can't answer that for you because it won't do any good. Because I can tell you where my heart is, and I can tell you the gut check that we have had to have. But that's not your walk. That's my walk. And that's just the walk that I'm on right now. Right? My favorite one, and I had to add this. We're going to come to Christmas Eve service, and we're going to have a worship service, and everything's going to be great. How many of you are going to sit through that service and going to be worried about the 35 people that's coming to your house the next day and what you got to cook tonight? And did I pick up the sweet potatoes? And did I do this? And did I do that? And, oh, I still have some last-minute presents to wrap. And that's what's on your mind as you're sitting in that pew while we're worshiping the coming of our Lord? Because that's real. The reality is, is that we're living somewhere closer to the turn row. We're not down a, a straight and narrow row. The reality is, is that we have the world that we're fighting with. The thing is, is that you got to hold on to it. You got to fight for it because it's worth it. It's worth it. And you got to fight for it. Let's talk about the good rich soil. Right, it's deep, soil's deep, and it's what we all want. The word penetrates and it's nourished. And because of that, the foundation is strong and the roots run deep. So when the storms come, they're weathered. Right, the seas are calmed. It never says there won't be storms, ever. In fact, it says the exact opposite. It's, the Bible's going to tell you that there's going to be troubles, and it's going to happen. So how are you going to deal with those troubles when they come? See, the fruit of the word is plentiful in that heart, and it's evident throughout their life. And I want to spend a little bit of time, because this is something I added this morning, because I woke up this morning with the Lord working on me, which is a good thing. Um... And he says, explain the fruit. Because I, I don't want you to leave here thinking that the fruit of your life means that you're that person that can sit down to somebody and quote them the entire gospel of Matthew backwards. Right? That's not the fruit of your life. That's good. We need those people. Do not take me wrong. I look at those people and I think it's amazing. Right? I'm just not one of those people, okay? It's the person you look at that you say, there's something different about that person. They handle things a little bit differently. 
There's a little more peace in that person's life. See, that's the one. That's, that's the one that has fruit in their life. Their families are blessed because of their obedience to God. They walk around like they know, like they have a secret, right? Like they figured it out. The fact is, is that they didn't figure it out. They're reading the manual. They're reading what it says. And they're not just reading it, they're understanding it, right? Look, we are blessed with some amazing teachers in this church. We really are. We don't realize how blessed we are as a congregation. Okay, we are blessed with people that can sit there and walk through you and care enough that walk through the word with you. That we have those people in our church. Take the word on Sunday. Go home, digest it, listen to it. And if you have a question, reach out to one of those people and say, hey, what did this mean to you? Because I'm struggling with it. I'm struggling with understanding it. And I promise you there's people in this church that would love to do that with you. Something else I was hit with this morning, and we're talking about the good heart. Soldiers don't prepare for war during war. Soldiers prepare for war in peacetime. When you think that everything is safe, when you think that everything is okay, when you think that I'm okay today, that's when you should be in your word. What happens is, is that we regulate God into being a fire department. Hey, God, I set it on fire again. Can you help me? Right? Hey, God, we're in trouble again. Can you help me? Bail me out of this one. Right? When you're provided with that counsel, the counsel is there for you 24-7. You can get as much of it as you want, and yet we regulate him into where we want him in that pretty little box sitting over here with 911 written on the front of it. Because we're taking wartime and we're trying to prepare for it when we're in the battle, when we're getting punched in the mouth. That's when we go to God. Not whenever we're saying, I'm on the mountaintop, God, things are good, but I know the valley is coming, so I need to get in your word, and I need to sure myself up, and I need to cultivate my heart, and I need to get better, and I need, I need, I need, I need more of you. Because I know the valley is coming, and I know I need to be prepared for it. Because troubles will come. So what are you going to do about it? Wait for it? Right? Because I, I forgot what fighter it says that says that everybody has a game plan when they walk in the ring till they get punched in the mouth. There you go. Thank you. Mike Tyson. Right? No ear biting here, please. Um, so you have to prepare then so that when you get in that fight, I know what I know. Right? Pastor Jamie gave me another privilege this, this season, and I've been able to work with the youth. And that has truly been a privilege. And it's truly been wonderful. And if you have kids that have sat through me with youth, you can ask them the first thing that I told them the first time we sat down as we went over foundations. And I was dealing with the older boys, the ones that are about to be gone into the world. And I told them, I asked them their ages, 
they were all about 16, right? Between 16 and 18. And I told them that in two years in your life, my mama said so, ain't going to carry you. Why do you believe that? Because my mama said it. That's not going to carry you. Why do you believe this? Well, that's what I've always been taught. It's not going to carry you. At some point in time, you've got to be able to stand up and you know what you know because the Bible told me so. Not because somebody else told me. Not because I am mirroring somebody else's faith, but I am rooted in the word. My soil is deep. My heart is cultivated. I am prepared for everything that will come my way. And if I'm not prepared for it, then I know where to go. But I can weather the storm much better because I put in the work in peacetime. I didn't wait for that 911 call. That is the good heart. That is why that person with the deep soil is walking around and they look like they figured it out because they did. Right? They did. It's no secret. You can have as much of it as you want. It's written down. It's there. There's no decoder ring that you need to be able to get it. Just read. Let it speak to you. Work, work, work. Digest it. Know what you know because you know it. And have your foundation strong. So we've described the four types of hearts, and I'm hoping that one of those resonates with you. I'm hoping that you at least see that this is the season that I'm in. And because I'm in this season, this is what I'm struggling with. This is the one I'm going through right now. Because actualizing, looking at it and saying, yes, I know, recognizing it. This is where I am. This is what I'm going through. Then you know where to turn. Don't continue to lie to yourself and think, it's all good. Because it's not. Right? It's not. We all go through those seasons. We all go through that time. Okay? But you're always trying to get to the should. You're always trying to get to the good heart. So now let's talk about the prescription. Let's talk about how we're going to fix that. Ezekiel 36, 26, it said, And I will give you a new heart, and I will put a new spirit in you. I will take out your stubborn heart and give you a tender, responsive heart. God wants to give us hearts that will respond to his word and where his word can grow and multiply in us and through us. Because, see, God doesn't have a speaking problem. We have a listening problem. He's not silent, people. He's not. We just tune out and we get choked out and we focus on everything else. See, he wants to have a heart that knows the, that knows the call of its shepherd because his sheep know his voice. We know his call. We know when we are pulled. You know when you are pulled. But it doesn't happen by accident. 
we hit our knees, we say, Lord, we need you. We submit to him, and he gives us a new responsive heart, one that will respond to his voice so we can grow in his word, so that the seed of his word can be fruitful in our life. So scripture gives us three different ways that we can tend to our hearts to keep the soil deep and rich. We need to trust in God. Philippians 4, 6 through 7. Don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need and thank him for all he has done. Then you will experience God's peace, which exceeds anything we can understand. I want to read that one again. Then you will experience God's peace, which exceeds anything we can understand. Then you will experience God's peace, which exceeds anything we can understand. Not before, but after. It is a then, right? We can then experience God's peace. And he goes on to say, his peace will guard your hearts and minds as you live in Christ Jesus. When we learn to trust him for all things, our faith is strengthened and our foundation grows. The stress in our life is replaced with a peace that only he can bring. The world doesn't have it to offer for you. Right? One of the problems that we create for ourselves is we trust in God for the big things. But like I said, we try to handle the day-to-day things ourselves without talking to him. God, I'm burning it down. Help me, help me, help me, help me, help me, help me. I promise I'll never do that again. But there was about 15 decisions that led up to that point that you didn't trust him in. So then you're looking for that fire department. You're looking for that life preserver. You're looking for something, and you're already in water clean up over your head. Because in the small steps, you didn't reach out to him. You didn't reach out to him to guide your path. But it says trust him in all things. All right, number two, we're going to focus on God. Focus on God. 1 John 5, 21 tells us, Dear children, keep away from anything that may take God's place in your hearts. What altar are you worshiping on? Is it work? That's where I found myself. Are you focusing on social media? What altar are you focusing on? Are you more worried about what your neighbor says about you than what God says about you? See, we need to look for those things that are tearing our attention away from God, and we need to work to refocus ourselves on him, on him. Many times it's a prioritization issue. What is my priority? And then it goes back to trusting. Because that's the circle I found myself in. 
circle found myself in as I was holding on to everything so tight I wasn't trusting in him to be able to make ends meet. I wasn't trusting in him. I had to hold on to it because, well, my job was what I got. That was me, right? I worked hard for that, and I didn't realize it for the blessing that it was, that it was something that he gave me. I was just there to steward it, right? And I was letting that become my church. I was letting that, my job, become the altar that I was willing to die on until it almost killed me, right? Because I can tell you that April 30th of this year was a low point for me. When you're laying in that hospital bed and the doctor comes in and tells you, Mr. McWilliams, this should have brought the blood pressure of a horse down and we can't get yours under control. And literally tells you that you're waiting on a stroke. They come in, they're giving you shots because pills aren't working anymore. And they're coming in and gave, you, gave me shots and said, this is it. This is the nuclear option. This is it. If this doesn't work, we d- that, that, that's it. Right? And when I'm having that conversation, that was my low point. That was my point when I said, God, forgive me because I have not been focusing on you. Because I dressed up good. Right? And I served and I gave and I loved. And it wasn't from a lack of faith. It sure wasn't from a lack of faith because I knew that I loved the Lord. And I knew that he loved me. It was a priority issue. It was a priority issue. I was putting other things as a priority over him until he finally had to say, sit down, boy. This is not how I designed you. This is not the life I have for you, and you're not reaping the fruits that I have in store for you because you're being a bonehead, right? I mean, that's real. That's as real as it gets because that's where it was, right? And I'm making the phone calls. I'm doing the 911s. Right? Renee is calling and getting prayer going on. I got Pastor Jamie calling me. And of all times, they're on a staff retreat. Good job, Heath. That's what they need is to worry about you. Right? But that's real. That's life. Because we don't live on the straight and narrow rows. We live a little closer to the turn rows. And that's the struggles we fight with every day. That's why I'm not talking to that person necessarily that thinks they got everything together. I'm talking to the rest of y'all like me that fight with this every day and fight for the condition of your heart every day. Number three, we're going to open our hearts to Jesus. Ephesians 3.17 then Christ will make his home in your hearts as you trust in him. Your roots will grow down into God's love and keep you strong. We have a relational God. How beautiful that is. We don't have a God sitting up on some shelf that we can't touch, that we can just look at. And oh, how pretty is he? 
That's not what we have. We have a God that wants to be in your life. We have a God that wants to walk with you. We have a God that wants to be in that valley with you just as you're in the mountaintops. We have that God that wants you with all your mess, your ugliness, your sin, your filth, everything you have to bring to him. He wants you to lay it at his feet, and he wants to love you. That's what we are blessed with. We're not blessed with some figurine sitting up on a shelf somewhere. We're blessed, we're blessed with a God that loves us. We're blessed with a God that wants to take care of us, a relational God. We just need to tap into that love because that love surpasses everything that we can ever find in this world. Because, see, God doesn't have a speaking problem. We have a listening problem. And until we fix our ears and our hearts, we can't. We just can't. We are not designed to walk through this world by ourselves. So we create stressors. We create how hard this life can be. Where if we did those three little things, trust him, focus on him, and open our hearts to him. Read the manual. And everything else is there. Everything else is there. Let's slow down. Let's take some time for Jesus. Okay? Let's spend some time with him. There's a reason why the simple life is the good life. Because we struggle with everything else, trying to balance it. And we're not made to balance that. We're not made... To, to try to carry all that stress. It's not the way we're designed. He did this all for you. Don't get sought up so caught up in the world that we don't remember why we are here. He asked the Holy Spirit, you need to ask the Holy Spirit to examine us, to convict us, to wreck us, to cultivate our hearts. Tear it up. Tear it up. Deepen the soil. Let's ask him to guide us. Guide us into the cultivating of that deep, rich soil that is ready for God's word so that it can multiply in us and through us. Take sermon notes. Chew on the word. Re-listen to the sermon. Right? Re-listen to the sermon. What did he say? Can I go? Mm, that, I just, I'm not understanding that. I'm wrestling with that. What, what, what did pastor say? And re-look at that. Go to those teachers that we talked about. Tap into those resources that you have all around you. Join a life do community with somebody. You're not designed to fight the fight by yourself, so stop trying. You're creating a hard heart. You're creating 
stress in your life that doesn't need to be there. Dive into the Word. Ring it out for every drop that it has to offer. If you still need more, reach out to those teachers. Talk to them. Ask them questions. Challenge them. Challenge them so they can grow as well. Because that's how they grow as teachers. That's how they grow as leaders. Right? Because if they don't have the answer, they're going to look for the answer. They're going to go to the source. And they're going to keep going up and they're going to walk with you through it until you both walk away enriched by the word. Don't let your time in these seats be the only time that you are spending with God. Don't let the seeds of his word fall on deaf ears. Don't settle for a participation trophy. I was there. Is that seed? That was good enough. And that's where I was going to end my sermon. And on my quiet time this morning, I want to read to you what Paul prayed over the Ephesians. Okay? I want to read to you what he what he said to them. And I couldn't get this. I wrestled with this with this, this morning. And I want to read this to you. And it's Ephesians 3. We're starting verse 14. For this reason I kneel before the Father from whom every family in heaven on earth derives its name. I pray that out of his glorious riches he may strengthen you with power through his spirit in your inner being so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. And I pray that you, being rooted and established in love, may have power together with all the Lord's holy people to grasp how wide and long and high and deep is the love of Christ and to know this love that surpasses knowledge, that you may be filled to the measure of all the fullness of God. That you may be filled to the measure with all the fullness of God. It's there. It's there for you. You can have absolutely as much of it as you want. Are you going to settle for less than that? Are you going to settle for something that the world tells you is okay? Are you going to settle for smoke and mirrors? That's the question. Okay. I want to close in prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you for your word, your word that is truth, your word that reaches us where we are, your word that puts fruit into our life, Father. Your word that is there to counsel us and to guide us, Father, as we get try to get closer to you. Thank you for everything that you have done for us, Lord. Thank you for this opportunity to spend time in your word. 
Thank you for not being a mysterious God that makes us guess how you feel about something, but tells us how we should live, tells us how we can better ourselves, tells us how we can have fruit in our lives, Father. Thank you for opening up those mysteries to us. Open our hearts, Lord, so that we can cultivate them, so we can deepen the soil, so that we can hold on to the foundation of your word and build a beautiful life on it. In your son Jesus' name.